Hi, this is Brendan, and thanks for listening to The Collect Call. After our long Easter break, Holly and I are back to you with some fresh new content. But we haven't actually recorded a new show yet. This is the second episode with our special guest, Corbin Qualls, which we recorded during Lent and had not yet released. So you're going to hear a lot of Lenten and Holy Week talk in this episode. Bearing in mind that Pentecost is upon us, I'm going to break in a couple times during this show uh, with some Pentecost music, you know, getting that Holy Spirit mood. Holly and I will be back at you with new shows next week. Until then, enjoy the show. Happy Pentecost. Go Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. to the College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, we are thrilled that uh, Corbin Qualls is back with us for a second week as a special guest. Corbin, can you tell the people who you are? Of course. My name is Corbin Qualls, and I am a layperson here in the Diocese of West Missouri. Yay! Corbin, uh, last week you mentioned that you were not raised in the Episcopal Church and that you had come to it more recently. Yeah. Do you mind telling us the story about that? How much time do you have? (laughs) I don't know. We'll give you three minutes. Okay. (laughs) I think I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, I was raised in a very large evangelical denomination. I believe it's the fastest growing denomination in the United States. I will not name it, um, (laughs) but... You can Google that. I was raised evangelical, more fundamentalist. My conversion, I guess you could say, to the Episcopal Church was a result of my uh, acceptance of my sexuality. And uh, I realized after that that the church I was in before was not a safe place for me. After some Google searches and interactions with various Episcopalians, I decided that the Episcopal Church was a safe place for me to thrive. Well, I'm, I'm so glad uh, that, that you found the Episcopal Church and found it to be a genuinely welcoming place. And we're so glad you found us. How did you find us? <laughs> well, I found you guys through your Twitter. See, Twitter is a productive use of our time, Holly. I know. Twitter is evangelism and whatnot. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, that is awesome. I'm happy that you're here. Well, this podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, Collect is a funny sounding word, but it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect pictures of beauty queens in convertibles from all over the United States including the 4th of July Queen in a Mustang in the Independence Day Parade in New Pekin, Indiana, Homecoming Queen Jackie Cothran in a convertible on Commonwealth Avenue in Fullerton, California, and the Rose Queen Julie Jean Myers in a yellow convertible with Johnny Carson and Gregory Peck on the set of The Tonight Show. (laughs) Brendan, I have a picture of me in a convertible in a parade. Really? Yes. But I wasn't a beauty queen. I was like a beauty first runner up. 
<laughs> so you were a beauty princess. I guess. Or something. <laughs> like the e- evil sister of the queen. What what title was this? Really? You ready for it? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? I, I, I hope so. Little Miss Tater Day. <laughs> 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 oh, Holly. Little Miss Tater Day. Not first, but second. Hmm. Yep. I was yeah. like five. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Good times. I'll have to see if I can unearth that photo and send, and tweet it or something. Oh, yeah. I, I've got to see this. <laughs> I was a big time beauty pageant baby. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I definitely have pageant photos just maybe not the one of me in a convertible that might still be at my mom's house but mm. yeah up until i lost my front teeth and then like that is known as a as a sad time in the pageant world because you can't really compete until they grow back and oh. after my teeth grew back i wasn't interested anymore mm. i never would have guessed this about you holly yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm sharing my humanity with you just like jesus did and uh i i regret that the uh, the collection this week i couldn't think of a collection that had anything to do with the incarnation so i thought of beauty queens in cars across the nation okay oh yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> so the incarnation <laughs> how about that yep <laughs> shall we read the collect corbin will you do us the honor again i would be honored oh god who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity your son jesus christ who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen 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 it may be because it's it's late but does this prayer sound familiar (laughs) uh yeah we have in fact talked about this prayer on the show before and when we programmed this we didn't realize it uh, because this is also the collect for the second Sunday after Christmas. Okay, so. listen, y'all. Like, if anybody out there is listening who has any pool, I would really love some sort of concordance because when I'm <laughs> planning this stuff, I don't always cross-reference every collect. So, like, I'm flipping through going, oh, we haven't talked about the prayer for the incarnation yet. That's next. And I don't always note that they're the same as other colleagues. I wish there was some kind of document that would tell me. Well, um, Hatchet does say. I know, but when I'm putting <laughs> them all in a spreadsheet, I don't have time to go through all the hatchets. Sorry, Marion. Love you. And the thing is, like, if we had realized it, we would have found some ridiculous Amy Grant video to talk about because that's, that's what we do on this show when we talk about a collect twice yeah that's that's really true <laughs> and nobody wants that brendan <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay we'll talk about it again it's cool yeah yeah well and if i remember correctly uh i think you might not have talked about this collect on the show before because i think this was the one where you were sick and david simmons came on the show and convincingly pretended to be you 
<laughs> oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Whoa. I'm pretty sure that's right. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check and I'll retract it next episode, if not. Okay, sounds good. So, the Incarnation. Corbin, in some of our correspondence before the show, you said that incarnational theology are some of your favorite things. So, um, I'm totally on board with that, but do you want to say more? Gosh, where do I start? <laughs> um, incarnational theology is uh, something that I did not grow up with. The first time I heard some of it being uh, discussed, I thought it was kind of heretical. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um, after a while, I got very into it, and it's some of my favorite theology. So I- I'm with you, Corbin, in that I did not grow up talking about incarnational anything. And I still I understand that the incarnation means that, that some divine presence takes human form as a concept, but... I don't understand what is beyond that, like from a theological perspective, or is that it? Is that just it? Like believing that that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. I think a lot of incarnational theology uses Jesus being, you know, simultaneously God and man, as kind of a first step into a larger world, so to speak. Uh-huh. I think a lot of it stems from thinking about the incarnation and wondering wait, if God is Jesus and Jesus is God, and then later on in a, I think it's the book of John, where Jesus is in the garden, um, he prays for the unity of all of his disciples. And Mm -hmm. I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think he says that they will be one as we are one, because I am in them and they are in me or something like that yeah that sounds approximately correct yeah so for me there are kind of three big things about the incarnation that that speak to me in particular so one has to do with mary Uh, and i think i've griped about this on the show before uh, but i am not on board with the concept of the immaculate conception and again the immaculate conception is not the virgin birth It is the idea that Mary herself was born without the stain of original sin. Yeah. The reason I am not on board with it has to do with Mary's role uh, in the incarnation, in that she was a normal person who did an extraordinary thing and had an incredible encounter with holiness. So in that particular aspect of the incarnation, I see the human potential to be a vessel for the holy in some form. And that's the reason I reject the Immaculate Conception, because um, if you assume that Mary is special in that way, then it is problematic for that potentiality. The, The second thing that is really important to me about it is about the death of Jesus, Certain pieces, I think, of the Gnostic heresy posited that Jesus did not really die on the cross. If he was God, he only seemed to die. And that, again, seems to rob the Christian story of a great deal of its power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it's really important to me that God really died on the cross um, and that God was really, that Jesus was really raised from the dead. 
um, that this wasn't just some sort of elaborate play. And then the third thing is sort of a technical detail, but it's something that I find really beautiful, which is this concept of Jesus as the new Adam. Uh, that is, that as Adam, um, you know, basically immediately after being created, manages to bring sin into the world, that Jesus is a redemption of him. And it kind of brings the story of creation and the fall and the redemption of humanity uh, full circle. And you see that a couple places in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, Romans chapter 5. And I commend both of those to you. This is all such interesting stuff. Going back to this thing, okay, you guys have both talked about like real theological concepts. And I'm going to talk to you right now about the 48 hours episode I was watching before we got on <laughs> this podcast recording. But I think it, it I'm going to try to bear it out, guys. So just hold up. All right. Um, it was this this horrible story. I, I'm a little bit of a true crime addict, as anyone who follows me on Twitter might know. I certainly have a, a deep love for things like Dateline. So this 48 hours was basically about this guy who had been raised in in a very chaotic atmosphere his his parents were both drug addicts his parents gave him drugs at a very young age i think his father sold guns and and things of this sort and and he had been in and out of juvenile facilities and and uh, was addicted to meth and and decided one day on a, on a meth binge or whatever that he wanted to know what it was like to take a human life so he went on a killing spree and killed all these people and then you know later when he was caught you know was just like yeah I just wanted to know what it was like and it was amazing and that's why I kept doing it but what struck me is that he he pled guilty he never you know contested that he had not done the crime but he was tried in a state where there were the death penalty. So they had a trial to, so that the jury could decide if he deserved to, to be put to death. And the, the um, district attorney who was trying his case for the state uh, said, I think that this case was so impactful to people because no one wants to believe that there are some human beings in this world who are beyond redemption. But this man is beyond redemption. And that's why I argued that he should be put to death. And it really bugged me. Right? Like, because I don't believe that. And I think the reason that I don't believe that is because I believe that there is a piece of the divine in each one of us. And that is how I tied 48 hours to incarnational theology. Mm. That was very profound. Thanks, Corbin. (laughs) 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 But you know what I mean, though? Yeah, yeah. That's, That's a very relatable way to put it. Well, now that Holly has successfully tied the incarnation to a grisly episode of 48 Hours, I think it's time for a musical break, uh, focusing on the Holy Spirit as Pentecost is coming up. This is Breathe On Me, Breath of God, performed by Michael Van Patter from the album Pentecost Songs by Cardiphonia. 
you can find this and other songs by people in the Cardiphonia Fellowship at cardiphonia.bandcamp.com. to say about uh, this prayer? I'm all choked up, apparently. (laughs) I do not. It's a solid collect. I'm going to be on board with this collect as a solid A for me. Like some of my favorite collects, 
it succinctly tells the entire story of the creation, the fall, and the redemption. And it has its own unique focus here, kind of focusing on the incarnation. Um, but I, I'm a sucker for any colic like that. So uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm giving it a high score. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to give it a solid A, but definitely an A minus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does that mean it's time for the Twitter challenge? I believe that it is. Uh, Holly, I went first last time. Okay, I'll go. When God was restoring human dignity, I think he might have missed me. Can I get a do-over? <laughs> Hashtag incarnation. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so I cheated. I'm uh, because I was curious to see what my tweet was the last time we talked about this collect. Uh-huh. And it is equal parts... Um, interesting and impenetrable uh and and must have had something to do with something we were talking about the show but i kind of like it anyway so here it is first tweet of my coming fake pope leo account the son of god became the son of man that the sons of man might become sons of god hashtag incarnation okay i will refer you back to the christmas 2 show to figure out what that has to do with anything (laughs) okay Here's mine. Jesus reminds us that there's something holy about humility. Something worth remembering when visiting comment sections. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yes, that's excellent. So true. If you want to uh, tell us what you think about the Incarnation... You can comment on the show notes uh, on the website, uh, or you can tweet us at The Collect Call, or send us an email at thecollectcall at acts8movement.org. And you can find our parent organization at acts8, that's the number 8, movement.org, or on Facebook and Twitter at acts8movement. And Corbin, thank you again for uh, being with us for a second show in a row. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been nice. Thank you for yeah. having me. Where can our listeners find you if they want to uh, seek you out in the inner tubes? (laughs) Well, if they want to find me, they can find me on Twitter at Theological Mass. But speaking of the incarnation and humility, uh, it's election season and I'm tweeting a lot about politics. So if that might tempt you to say some maybe not humble things, uh, you might want (laughs) to... You might want to wait to follow me until after November. <laughs> uh, especially if the election turns out the way you want. After, If it doesn't, you might be saying some other things after November. <laughs> Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And Brendan, our next episode will be our two-year anniversary. Uh, well, liturgically speaking, anyway, yes. Of course, yes. That's the yeah. only way I speak. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know exactly what our next episode is going to be about. And we still don't know what the next episode is going to be about. But Holly and I are actively working on getting everything together for our third year. Coming up soon, we're going to have shows on Proper 4 and Proper 5, because the way Easter has fallen the previous two years, we haven't covered those collects before. So get pumped for that. Meantime, Pentecost. We're going to close out today with an unusual hymn. 
Musician Grant Valdez has brought to life the hymns of Hayden Las. That name probably means nothing to you, but here's a quick word on him. Hayden was born in 1899 in Kent, Connecticut, and died in France at the age of 18, fighting in the First World War. During his short life, he wrote some 40 hymns, which as far as anyone knows, were never performed until musician Grant Valdez came across his scores at an estate sale. This song, like pretty much all the music we play on our show, was distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find out more about Hayden Loss and Grant Valdez at gatheredhymns.com. Happy Pentecost, everyone. We'll see you soon. Then he sucked a spirit to that he meant to say that.